Welcome to the Wesleyan Podcast, bringing you news and financial tips for doctors, dentists, teachers and lawyers. And now, here's your host. Hello, I'm Neil Whelan, PR Manager at Wesleyan. Welcome to the latest edition of the Wesleyan Podcast. We're back again to talk to our Investments Managing Director, Robert Vaudry, this time about the year 1987. A lot happened that year. The Conservatives won a third general election in a row. Michael Fish told everyone not to worry about an impending hurricane. And Timothy Dalton made his debut as James Bond. But we're instead going to focus this time on the 19th of October 1987, the day that became known as Black Monday, when stock markets around the world crashed over 24 hours. 30 years on, Robert will explain what led to that market crash, what happened afterwards, and with a lot going on in 2017 as well, give his own view on what might be in store for investors over the coming months. Now, as we'll be talking about the performance of the stock market in the past, present and future, it's important to remind you this podcast is for information purposes only and does not constitute financial advice and the financial decision should not be made on any information given within this podcast. Also, the value of investments can fall as well as rise, so that means you could get back less than you invest. And with that, Let's hear Robert tell us what happened that fateful day 30 years ago. So Black Monday in 1987, there was a more than 20% correction in the equity markets, uh, both in the UK and around the world. Uh, It still stands out as one of those days in equity markets where um, mass panic, really uh, quite a shocking day to the system. It was my first week um, in work. I had just joined a, a mid-size UK broker called Greenman Montague, and it was my day on the stock exchange floor. And in those days, it wasn't all electronic trading. A lot of it was sort of people shouting and hand signals. And there I was in this pit with all these people who were absolutely going crazy. And to be honest, I really didn't have much of an idea why. I thought, oh, well, this is what happens. It looked like a good, fun place to be. And I do remember walking out of the stock exchange and uh, CNN had recently launched as a, a US cable channel. And uh, they thrust a camera in my face and said, my God, what's going on in there? And I have to say, I made up some, made up <laughs> hopefully some vaguely sensible comments, um, only to find it all got beamed around the US and various friends of mine in the US suddenly sort of start emailing me and saying, you know, just been on telly over there. But anyway, so it was a baptism of fire. The, the interesting point that people forget about Black Monday, though, is that in 1987, Had you invested money in January, despite this greater than 20% correction, at the end of 1987, you would have actually still had more money than you had on the 1st of January, or had you just sat on the sidelines and not invested at all. So a point I'm asked a lot is, you know, should I be investing now in 2017, given markets are are at occasionally all-time highs? And my answer is yes. If you hang around to try and think you're going to judge timing perfectly, the odds are you'll miss the trades and your you know, inflation will eat away in your savings. If you are investing now, if the correction was next week, yes, it wouldn't be great. But the reality is that's not what we're forecasting. We still think this bull run, which has really been you know, on an upward trajectory since 2009, has some way to go, particularly because um, <clears throat> I think of tax stimulus, uh, particularly in the US, that's likely to, uh, I think, further stimulate equity markets. I mean, you can never predict when these things will end. Black Monday itself, did it come out of nowhere? I mean, what were the circumstances that led to the Black Monday correction? Well, it, it, to be honest, Black Monday was kind of a perfect storm. There were loads of issues in the market. Um, and then just one day, suddenly you get between oil price spikes and inflation and interest rate 
um, rises, suddenly the market one day comes in and goes, you know what, growth isn't going to be where we had thought it was going to be. And there's a mass panic in the market. And in many ways, it's sort of, you know, it's human nature that that suddenly everything that's been in the, you know, in the price that people know about, suddenly it all just comes together. And um, the other catalyst of 87 was the fact that the market had rapidly risen in the few months ahead of time. So I, I sit here as a seasoned investor now and look at all the things that people are concerned about in the market, you know, debt levels, the Brexit negotiations, you know, the impact of Donald Trump, you know, various European elections. Today we're seeing, you know, the results of the Austrian election where, you know, a potential coalition that's slightly anti-European could get there. Um, problems with China, Congress coming up this week. All these things are factors that I sit there and worry about. But actually, my judgment today is that we are monitoring them, but all of them are, are happening and are priced into the market. And the fact is, there is good underlying economic growth in most of the developed and emerging markets at the moment. Ironically, possibly with the exception of the UK, that has slipped from being probably the best G7 performer over the last few years to now the worst G7 performer, partly because of all the uncertainty around Brexit. Um, but we sit there and think, solid fundamentals, everything's fine. Markets over the last few weeks have rallied again. And if I probably sit here thinking about the 87 experience and thinking, I would be worried that if you like, people are getting a little bit too excited about life. And mm -hmm. suddenly one day we'll wake up and think, have we gone over the cliff? Um, so I would actually much rather see a gradual rise. Um, but I don't want it to happen too quickly because that, I think, also almost pulls together all these various factors that, are, that could be in the market today that could, combined, create this perfect storm again. And do you think 30 years on, people have learned the lessons from then? Yeah, the, the answer is no, probably not, because I mean, the, people are even speculating now that you know the, the last financial crash in you know '08, um, you know that was partly driven by excessive debt levels. And today, people are concerned about excessive debt levels. It may not be mortgages so much anymore; it may be car loans. Mm -hmm. And actually, you know, it's some shocking statistic now about the number of people who borrow to buy cars. And the implication that will have if there was you know rises in interest rates and car defaults and how you know, if the car industry suffers, how that plays through to jobs in the marketplace and everywhere else, particularly given how reliant the UK manufacturing industry is today on the car industry. And great success, but one has to be careful of that. So have lessons been learned? Um, there probably aren't that many people in the market who who were there in 87. Yeah. Um, there are, it tends to be a sort of a younger person's game in many respects. So some people will be aware of it. Some people have done their research and have learned about it. And others will think, oh, no, it will be different this time, and technology will transform the world and productivity, and we don't need to worry about it. The fact is, um, every boom ends up having a bust. It's, you know, death taxes and market corrections are, are three things we get in life. And a market correction is going to come at some stage. Um, but I want to reiterate and make very clear our position is it is not imminent in our view. Um, there are some good things happening in the world economically that should see this uh, a continuation of this sort of a boom period in markets, you know, at least through um, the first half of 2018, probably through all of 2018, as I sit here today, um, and then into 2019. And then one begins to get, you know, one looks at the data that's coming out, one begins to sort of do a reality check and see where we are. 
But for now, I'm quite comfortable. And touching on your point earlier, where you said markets ended 1987 higher than they began, that plays into Wesleyan's buy and hold investment strategy as well, doesn't it? It, it does. Um, you know, we are long term, we buy and hold, we tend to be quite well diversified. So um, we're very conscious of, you know, when markets are, are performing well, you know, we, we are, are very good at performing equally well with markets. But I think our strategy lends itself to when markets correct. And today we're sitting on, on some cash, which is there that if the markets did pull back slightly, we'd see that as a buying opportunity. Mm-hmm. And throughout the course of this year, when there have been pullbacks because there's been various headlines and you know, markets have had some rough days, uh, we've used that as a buying opportunity, which means we, our average entry price into a lot of our equities is, you know, it, we're constantly improving. Um, but it does lend itself to working well. And, and we're very conscious as we get through this year, uh, you know, today I say and think, I think we'll likely be overweight equities in 2018. But perhaps within our portfolio, we might begin to get a little bit more defensive. So people would have heard the terms of sort of value stocks or growth stocks. Growth stocks would tend to be, you know, technology or biotech, where they're not really paying a dividend, um, but the, the actual underlying share price, you know, usually rises you know, more rapidly than the market. We will begin, I think, to reconfigure to have a greater weighting in value stocks, which tend to be less exciting, often quite boring stocks in terms of the industries they're in, but they're good dividend payers and they're fairly resilient in a downturn. I can see UK equities relatively underperforming in the next 12 months, but then I think when that all gets in, you know, when we get greater clarity, either the equities, UK equities, will then significantly outperform other global equity markets, or if we're reaching the point when there could then be a correction, I think they will be, their correction will be a lot less than other places. So as long-term investors, we're quite happy with our balance of equity holdings at the moment. And, and we think as we get towards the point of a market correction, we're, we're not in a bad place. And that's our show for this week. If you'd like more information about investing with Wesleyan, visit the website at wesleyan.co.uk and click on the Investments and Savings tab at the top of the screen. You can also find us on Twitter, at Wesleyan, and search for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, where you could leave us comments and questions about this or any other matter. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the Wesleyan Podcast on iTunes to make sure you don't miss future episodes. So, until next time, thanks for listening. (laughs) 